Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Sports Virus Podcast, everybody. I'm Joe Castellano. We're brought to you, as always, by Kane's Tire in San Rafael, California, where they have had the lowest prices in Marin County for over 60 years. Well, today we're going to talk about Jimmy G coming back with the San Francisco 49ers. We'll welcome in Ray Woodson, the former KMBR talk show host. He'll be with us in just a second. We're also going to talk about the San Francisco Giants and all of the issues that they have right now. But first, Niners talk with Ray Woodson, a conversation that we had on Thursday morning. Well, Ray, the San Francisco 49ers quarterback situation is interesting to say the least now. And, you know, it's a position that is prestigious. Uh, It's certainly been highly scrutinized over the years here in the Bay Area. Uh, It's a team that, you know, famously had probably the most intense quarterback controversy in NFL history, if you think about it, with Joe Montana and Steve Young and that soap opera. And now we have Jimmy Garoppolo, who was supposed to be traded. He's back with a restructured contract, and he's going to be the backup to Trey Lance. And and Lance, of course, he has great potential. He has really done nothing yet to warrant being the starter, but the high ceiling that he has and the fact that the 49ers gave up huge capital to draft him last season has led the team to want their early dividends on him. And for that investment, it's led Kyle Shanahan to stick to his gun, say that this is Trey's team, and that makes for a juicy way to head into the NFL season. There's no doubt. And, uh, you know, so many layers to this. First of all, thanks for joining me, Ray. And just to discuss it with somebody like you who spent 20 years on KMBR in San Francisco, I think this is special for the listeners. And you know the significance of a story like this to Bay Area sports fans. Yeah, it's not exactly Montana versus Young, but uh, yeah, there's nothing like a good old 49ers quarterback controversy to go into the year. Although the 49ers will tell you it's not a controversy right now that Trey Lance is the starter, and the pundits will tell you that the the move to sign Garoppolo, the way it was structured and done, makes it clear that this is Trey Lance's team. Um, I'm not so sure about that. I don't know if it really makes that clear because it's never clear when you're talking about the quarterback position, it's, it's made clear by the performance on the field. So that remains to be seen. Uh, sounds like Trey Lance is, is fine with Garoppolo being there, that they had a good relationship last year. And, and really what makes this work is the kind of personality Garoppolo is. Uh, he's handled this really well. I mean, all things considered, it's, it's kind of an unexpected twist here at the end, that he ends up back with the 49ers. But he's been a solid dude. He's loved in that locker room, which, you know, puts an extra factor into this whole situation, puts a little extra pressure on Trey Lance to, to perform. Not that there isn't enough pressure already in your second year with very little experience. And, and by the way, not much experience since high school. What are we talking about? He's played like 25 games? Yeah, something like since that. high yeah. school? <laughs> yeah. So, so throw that into the mix. Uh, he's had a lot of time in the offseason to learn the offense, to know it. There have been some bumps along the way. There are going to be some bumps. What's going to be interesting to see is, you know, if the, the 49ers front office is true to their word about how they're going to, you know, stick with this and develop this guy, that they really do believe in him. And, you know, you gave up three first-rounders to get him, so that, that pretty much – puts it in concrete that you got to run this guy out on the field and see what he can do. Uh, and I, I think the, the 
small glimpses we've seen. There are a couple things he can do that Jimmy Garoppolo cannot, but he doesn't have command of the offense and the experience that Garoppolo has. Garoppolo's coming off a lot of injuries last year. You know, he had a bum thumb and a bum shoulder, and, and that certainly affected his performance. And now he's coming back and he's healthy and he's experienced. He's taken a team to a Super Bowl and he's a backup. So there's going to be that extra pressure. He's going to be looming no matter how he handles it. And again, he's handled it well, but he's going to be looming. But I, I think Kyle Shanahan made the point listen, there's always going to be pressure anyway. You better handle it. That's just the way it is in the NFL. You know, you've got a little extra going on here, but there, there's always going to be pressure in this situation, especially with a team that has the expectations the 49ers have. So in the end, it's going to come down to how Trey performs on the field. Uh, it's, I don't think it's his team yet, even though the 49ers have set it up to be his team, because the first time he has a, a three-interception game, the fans are going to be chanting for Jimmy G. That's just the way it is. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. He knows that. Jimmy knows that. John Lynch knows that. Kyle Shanahan knows that. Everybody knows that. So it's going to be a, a real test for this for this kid. And if he passes uh, through this, then yeah, he's he's definitely the one who should be there, and he'll have earned it. But man, they're going to make him earn it. Oh yeah, and a couple things there. I mean, first of all, Ray, as you said, I mean, there's always a lot of pressure anyway as a starting quarterback for a team that could go a long way this season. But when you do have maybe a Sudfeld or a Purdy behind you, it's different than having a quarterback that's taken this team to the Super Bowl and then just recently the NFC Championship. So I wonder, what do you think as far as whether or not it hurts Lance to have that situation or maybe it helps him because, you know, he knows he's got to go out there. He's really got to do a great job. Or maybe there's just no issue at all. I mean, he, he won't put extra pressure on himself. How do you think that plays out? Well, from everything he said and that Kyle Shanahan has said that they have a great relationship, uh, Lance and Garoppolo, that that's not going to be an issue. And, you know, again, judging by how Garoppolo has conducted himself, I don't think it's going to be, but it's just the facts of the situation in the NFL. I mean, you know, it's just when you have two capable quarterbacks uh, and, and the starter struggles, there's always going to be people clamoring for the backup. The backup quarterback in the NFL is like the best situation to be in. Uh, you know, if, if it works out for the starter, great. You, you can just hold a clipboard and count your money. Or uh, you get back on the field and people are, are – you know, supporting you coming back on the field. I think in this situation, uh, yeah, there, there's going to be that extra drama for sure. But, you know, it worked out pretty well, all things considered. You know, we thought that everybody thought he was going to be gone, but the trade market didn't develop coming off surgeries. And so uh, Garoppolo was looking at uh, being released and uh, not taking anywhere near as much money. And now he, he gets a guaranteed contract plus a lot of incentives. So, uh, and he gets to stay in a comfortable and familiar situation with uh, people he enjoys working with. So it's a, it's a win for him this year. It's a win for the 49ers because they have better depth than, than most teams have at the quarterback position. And they have that institutional knowledge with Garoppolo as well. I think Trey Lance has alluded to that, how much he was helpful to him last year. Uh, so I, I, I guess, you know, it worked out pretty well for, for all parties for now. Um, but you know, it, it, again, it comes down to the, the 49ers have what five road games in their first eight. You talk about a baptism uh, under fire for, for Trey Lance. 
with an offensive line, by the way, that is a little shaky, and I think that factors into it as well as why the 49ers would want Garoppolo back because Lance got hurt himself last year. So I don't think they're, they're absolutely sold on, uh, on Lance as being the guy down the road. I, you know, I think they have to be because they gave up so much to get him, so they have to be all in, and he's got a skill set for sure. Uh, like I said, can do things that, that Garoppolo cannot. But with that offensive line, uh, he's risk. There's a risk of him getting hurt, getting knocked out of a game. So you've got Garoppolo to go to. So I think this was all done with that in mind as well. I mean, what about the confidence factor too? Let's say Lance throws a couple of interceptions early. You know, even in week one, he throws a couple of picks in the first quarter. I, again, I think it's different when you have Purdy as his backup as opposed to Garoppolo, who they yeah, said, he, sure. yeah, yeah, he's the best backup in the NFL. So you know that that makes it a little different for him. But I, but I think Ray, what makes it really different than the Montana Young situation, and there's a lot of differences, but one of the main reasons is that Jimmy Garoppolo has put his ego aside. I mean, he really. Yeah. He doesn't seem like the kind of guy who's going to cause drama because of the personality he has. Yeah, well, he's the guy that's doing the subway commercials. So <laughs> he's, he's still getting some run out there. Uh, and, you know, the, the money is not a problem, I don't think, for him at this point. Uh, you know, he's done some things in his career. It's just that, you know, he's still in his prime at 29. And so to, to have to sit on the bench in that situation – it takes a special personality to be able to handle that and handle it with grace, and he's done that so far. I mean, he, like anybody else, like any competitor, I'm sure he wants to be out there. I sure he want, I'm sure he wants to be winning games for this team, but I, I, I think if he shows that he can handle this and, and, and help with a winning culture and they have success this year, uh, he's going to go into the offseason with options, and he's going to have teams at that point that will want him if he's healthy. So I, you know, you've got to take the long view of this situation if you, if you're Garoppolo, and, and he seems to be doing that. And you know, in the end, if Trey Lance is able to handle all this pressure and succeed, well, then you knew that he was the right guy for the job. He was they, they were right in their assessment of giving up so much to get him. But this is you know the the the, the, the team's fortunes are so tied into the quarterback. In the NFL, they always will be. And with the tradition the 49ers have, he's going to be compared to those those greats of the past as well. And, and but, you know, the, the other part of it is Jimmy G came along at a time when the 49ers were kind of struggling, and they, they went through some drama with Colin Kaepernick, which, you know, we, we can spend a whole podcast on that whole thing. But, uh, you know, they've come out of a period of some instability. I think that's fair to say. And Garoppolo sort of got him back on a on a even keel for a while, and got him to a Super Bowl, got him to an NFC Championship game. Uh, outside of Young and Montana, there are not a lot of quarterbacks in 49 history who can say that. So uh, you know, they, he he's appreciated for what he's done on the field with his limitations, and and what he's meant to to that locker room. Uh, but it, it looks like it's going to be coming to an end this year. And if he continues to handle it like he has, I think it's going to do him well down the road. Yeah, I mean, since you mentioned Colin Kaepernick, I mean, it's interesting when you think about that Alex Smith had the job and then he gets hurt, and Colin Kaepernick comes in for that Monday night football game. And I was there. I'll never forget the way Kaepernick was throwing bullets all over the field. And you just knew, you're, you're, you're just saying to yourself, man, 
this guy has to have a chance to take this job. I mean, just yep. the skill set. And if Trey Lance goes out there and shows that early on, doesn't have to really be week one, but just early in the season, then I think it works out great. And Jimmy just kind of holds the clipboard and helps out. And then you don't have as much controversy. But if Trey Lance doesn't go out there early and show that kind of skill set, then it becomes really kind of dicey. Yeah, it all comes down to the performance. And, you know, with Kaepernick, uh, I, I said it on the air at the time, and I'll say it forever, that was the right move at the time. Yeah. For sure. And then the next year they go back to the NFC Championship game, and they're they're one throw away from going back to the Super Bowl. And they probably should have won that Super Bowl too. Yeah. Uh, if they hadn't taken the pedal off the metal there, you know, give give Frank Gore the ball, damn it. Not not, <laughs> not, not that I've turned the page on that. Anyway, <laughs> uh, you know, I mean that that was the right move at the time, and we'll see if this, you know, given the skill set that Trey has, he can throw the deep ball. He opens up some things, and you know, like. With, with a little more speed now with Ray Ray McLeod and Danny Gray opens things up maybe a little bit more for this offense. It gives a, a few more tools in the toolbox for Kyle Shanahan. And, you know, he's, he's done quite a bit with, you know, not, not the greatest skill players, but some pretty good ones. And of course, Debo Samuel, him coming back is very important, but the, you know, the, the ability to throw the deep ball and, you know, the fact that uh, he could probably get a first down with his legs and, he, and the size, uh, you know, it's it's pretty intriguing. <laughs> you know, he's, he's shown glimpses for sure. <laughs> uh, are we going to see another Patrick Mahomes? You know, there's not too many of those running around. No. But if, if we do, it's going to be a home run. Yeah. You know, it's interesting to think about the media and the fans and if they – want to try to pit one quarterback against another. It seems almost impossible because they both seem to really genuinely like each other. And it's not that Steve Young and Joe Montana hated each other. <laughs> I mean, you watch some of the uh, you know documentary, the Joe Montana documentary. I don't think they hated each other, but it was just an interesting competition. And I don't know if you read the Steve Young book. It's really good. I, I recommend the quarterback, My Life Behind the Spiral, uh, Steve Young book. Uh, there's a there's one paragraph in there where he talks about going to dinner at Joe Montana's house and sitting down. It might have been for the holidays. And he sat down and one of Joe Montana's young kids said, oh, daddy, is this the guy that we hate? <laughs> Making for a really uncomfortable situation at dinner. But yeah, and so you don't see that happening really here with these two guys now. <laughs> yeah, that's an awkward holiday meal. Oh, I love, That was my favorite part of the book right there. Yeah, I mean, and and it was it was always going to be awkward between those two guys. Uh, just a side story, uh, and and I relayed this to Steve on the air one time, um, way back when, and when he's a backup to the Forty ers I was happened to be up there the day at training camp in Rockland when Joe Montana, over a tuna sandwich, uh, <laughs> signed a contract with Eddie DeBartolo for what was then the richest contract in NFL history. So my angle was to go to talk to Steve Young and talking about, hey, is it better to be a, a backup in this situation with a successful franchise where you might have to wait to play much? Or is it better to you know have the full run of a t less successful team like he did with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? And he gave me a very thoughtful answer about that. And it was a, it was a good interview um, and ended up winning a, an Associated Press Award, by the way. So uh, thanks. I thank for that 20 years later and he said <laughs> he said well I would say it's my pleasure but I'm not sure <laughs> you know, I mean, because under the circumstances he knew he was going to be holding the clipboard for a while longer 
And it had to be frustrating for him for a while because he was a starter on a team that wasn't successful, but you know, he was, he was very early in his development as an NFL quarterback after being with the LA Express in the USFL. So, you know, his journey had been uh, like a Homer's odyssey to get to San Francisco, and now he's, he's got to wait. He's got to wait. He's got to wait. And eventually Joe went to Kansas City and, you know, had some success there. And, and Steve wins the Super Bowl and gets the monkey off his back. We all remember that image on the sidelines. But uh, you were talking about there replacing the most beloved quarterback in 49ers history and maybe the greatest quarterback in NFL history. Yeah. Certainly one of the most successful in the postseason. So, uh, you know, that, that, that had to be tough to handle that. And I think Steve handled it with some aplomb. Well, now you've got a situation where you've got a young quarterback who has a, I wouldn't say the same skill set as Steve because he ended up being an incredibly accurate passer as well as the ability to, to get a first down with his legs, if not a touchdown. But you've got a guy who, who can run and who can throw and has got a great arm. Uh, and, and now he's the guy who's coming in to replace, if not a beloved quarterback, certainly a respected and well-liked quarterback. So there are some echoes of that from from 25, 30 years ago, and and we've seen it in San Francisco, but uh, or Santa Clara, as the case may be. Yeah. But, but it, you know that it seems like with the 49ers, there's always a little something extra in there, right? We've we've had that with Kaepernick or Smith, we've had that with uh, Montana and Young, and now we've got it again. Like I say, there's nothing like a good old quarterback controversy or at least debate. To, to get the fans going into the season. And considering the, the way the Giants and the A's are ending up, this is probably just what the Bay Area sports fans <laughs> need right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, every snap is going to be <laughs> analyzed to death now. Uh, oh, yeah. It, it, it's going to be fun. Uh, you think about Jimmy Garoppolo, too. Uh, one of the things that I thought was really smart was including this no-trade clause that, you know, if the team wants to trade him, he has to have that run by him basically, from what I understand yeah. from the, the Adam Schefter report. So it, it, that really helps him. I mean, when you think about it, that way he doesn't have to go to some team he really doesn't want to go to. Because I, I think that was the fear, is that he goes right. to a place like Houston or somewhere. You know, And, and I thought maybe it would be the Jets when you saw Zach Wilson get hurt, but then it wasn't as serious of an injury. And you thought maybe right. the Seahawks, but nah, I mean, that's not going to happen. They're not going to deal with a team in their own division. So, I mean, this is really good, I think, for Jimmy in that way. Yeah, uh, it's it's a win for him for now because you know he, he gets some money, he gets some incentives, and he he gets some some control over his future as well. Uh, so I think he he looked at the landscape and realized, yeah, I, you know, I could get released, and then I go to a team that maybe I don't want, and now he's he's got a little bit more say in that, and I think he's earned that at this point in his career. So good for him, and I think he, you know, again he's handled it pretty well up to this point, and this will, I think, help in that situation as well. It, it, you know, they threw him a bone, and, and he got a little bit of respect that way, as much as you can get for being told, yeah, you've, you've led us to a Super Bowl and an NFC Championship game, but now you're the backup. <laughs> you know, so I think, I, I think it was just a very unique set of circumstances uh, that, that allowed him to land back with the 49ers, and I, and I think it's going to be a plus for him. It's definitely a plus for the team in that if things don't work out, you've got that guy to go to, and not many teams can say that. 
it's going to be really interesting to see how Kyle Shanahan is judged because it's a tough one because it, let's say Trey Lance has just a mediocre game week one or week one and week two. I mean, people are constantly going to be asking him and thinking about whether or not he should make a change and go to Jimmy. And, and you know, you think about do you lose Trey Lance a little bit? Does he lose confidence because he had a couple of bad games? I mean, those are really the issues, I think. It's not so much the, the drama in between uh, games and, and, and so much of a distraction. It's more just the actual decision process to you know actually decide that hey I'm going to make a change here and how that affects a young quarterback well if he loses confidence after a couple of bad games then maybe he wasn't the right guy for the job to begin with right you know maybe he wasn't the blue chip guy that they gave up three first rounders for I don't think he's that guy he hasn't shown to be that guy but you know everybody's going to have to handle adversity in the NFL, especially at the quarterback position where everybody's going to talk about it and, and analyze it to death, like you said. So that's just comes with the territory. That's what Kyle Shanahan said. You know, this is the NFL, you know, put on the big boy pants and handle it or don't. <laughs> and if you don't, then, then Jimmy Garoppolo is there. So, uh, you know, if, if, if he shows confidence through some bad times and gets through it, yeah, well then he was the right guy. If he can't do it, then he wasn't the right guy. And they, and they, they clanked on that one and gave up three first rounders. Uh, you know, when the move was made, I mean, it was like, well, okay, the, the die is cast. If they gave, gave up that much for this guy, they really believed in him. Uh, and Kyle Shanahan really believed in him. Then, uh, okay, you, you've got to see this through. So I don't think Kyle Shanahan is going to let a couple of bad games influence his decision uh, that Trey Lance is going to get a little more time than that. And, and Trey Lance, has to know that, and maybe that'll help with his handling of, uh, you know, short-term adversity. Yeah, and I think Kyle Shanahan, the great thing about him is that he's not wishy-washy. He's very strong-minded. I mean, you think about Trey Sermon. There's a guy who, you know, they traded yeah. up to select him, and now they have cut him. Uh, they're not afraid to make the tough decisions. I mean, he, I would think, learned a lot from his dad early on as a young kid about how you handle this kind of a situation because, you know, you, you have to be tough. You can't be wishy-washy, and you've got to do what's best for the team, and that's what he's doing. Well, you can't be married to your, to your draft choices. You can't sit there and say, well, I'm going to look bad if I cut this guy, the second rounder from last year. People are going to say, well, they whiffed on that one. Uh, you have to do what's right for your football team. But there's a difference between cutting a third-round running back and cutting a starting quarterback that you gave up three first-rounders for. There's a lot more invested in that position. Uh, and and there is a little ego involved there as well. There has to be. Uh, the you know NFL is run by people with egos. Uh, the people who succeed have egos. That's just a part of it. So so this one is a little different than you know a fairly high draft pick at another position when it's the marquee position of quarterback with the San Francisco 49ers. But so I think that in that case he's going to get a little more leeway, a little more rope, and and I. I think, I think, just from what I've seen, that if Lance has a bad game, he'll handle it, and and they'll work through it. And he might have, he very well could have a bad game, son, you know, first Sunday in Chicago. Uh, and there are going to be some rough road games here, so uh, this is going to be a real test for for this kid. And if he gets through it, and I think he'll be able to, then then that's going to put a lot of minds at ease. But uh, yeah, I mean, you, you you can't sit there if you're Kyle Shanahan, even as tough as you are, 
and say after five or six games, yeah, this guy isn't working out. We got to move on. Uh, what they might say is we're going to put this on hold, and we've got Jimmy Garoppolo, who, by the way, last year the 49ers were three and five, and they ended up going to the NFC Championship game. So they've had this scenario before if things start slowly. And, and so there, there's a confidence of knowing that, too. And that's why I think it makes it a, a good situation here. Uh, so, again, it's the NFL. It's it, it, quarterback position. you got to perform. Uh, and, and if, uh, you know, Brock Purdy is your backup, uh, you know, you, you're still going to have pressure, even if you know that guy isn't going to come in and replace you because there's just hyper-focus on the position anyway. I think what it is, it, it puts everybody a little more at ease knowing that if things go south for Trey Lance, you've got an experienced guy there. So, and, and, you know, it makes it not as much of a disaster for Trey Lance if it doesn't work out for him. There's still going to be pressure there, but it's like, all right, well, this guy came in and he did well and, you know, some bumps in the road for Trey Lance, but we know he'll be back the year after this anyway. So, you know, it, it is a Super Bowl or bust kind of year, but it's not a career or bust kind of year for Trey Lance. Let's hear a little bit from the two quarterbacks. As they spoke earlier today, Jimmy Garoppolo first and then Trey Lance. Me and Trey, honestly, I, I know a lot of stuff gets made in the media and like that, but we have a good relationship, man. It's, uh, so, I mean, everyone can say what they want and everything, but, I mean, we went through it last year's very similar to this situation, so it's not like we haven't done it before. And he's been a big brother to me since my first day in the league, since I got drafted the day I got drafted. So, man, I know he's got my back. I got his back. But I'm super excited just to have him in the room. Uh, another guy, again, who's, who's done it. Got to watch him do it last year. Got to learn a ton from him, and I'm going to continue to learn as much as I can from him. You know, take all the, all the advice that he's got for me this year. Jimmy and Trey. All right, we'll be right back with more from Ray Woodson. We'll talk about the San Francisco Giants right after this. When it's time for new tires, you want the lowest prices and the best service, don't you? Well, Kane's Tire in San Rafael has you covered on both. Kane's has the lowest prices in Marin County, and they provide the warm and welcoming service that you can only receive from a family-run business. Voted Best of Marin for 35 years in a row, Kane's prices beat Costco's prices every time. Kane's Tire, 1531 4th Street in San Rafael. Give him a call at 415 453 2942. That's 415 453 2942 for Kane's Tire. All right, let's switch gears and talk about the San Francisco Giants to end this podcast. Uh, they are in free fall. Uh, they have been for a while. I mean, they've lost seven in a row as we sit here and record this podcast. But I was looking at it, Ray, since the All Star break, they are 13 and 25. And I did a little stats research to see that that's their second worst winning percentage since the All-Star break in their history. So <laughs> the worst team they ever had going from the All-Star break to the end of the year, the 1943 New York Giants, they were 24-53. and 53. So this team is 13-25, 342 winning percentage. It's been pretty much a disaster since the All-Star break. So what is the fallout from this? I mean, as far as Gabe Kapler, Farhan, are they safe? <laughs> you know, what, what do you think uh, happens here? Because now you start thinking about the offseason. Well, I think they're safe, I and mean, they're coming off a, a historic season where they won 107 games, and now, yeah, like you said, they've had a historically bad stretch. Um, you know, they couldn't put a healthy team on the field this year. They didn't have any kind of continuity this year whatsoever, 
And if they'd have been a little healthier, they would have been a little more successful. But that's, you know, that was the issue last year. And they were able to find the pieces that worked as well as platoon pieces. But, you know, the problem is when you do that, um, those kinds of players, when they hit, you feel great about it. But that's, that's a lot more risky with those kinds of players because you don't have a, a, a guaranteed commodity. You, you find some diamonds in the rough. You find some players that you know, didn't quite succeed in another organization and they succeed here. Well, great. But that doesn't always happen with that level of player. And so you have to be ready with depth, especially when your core players are older, as has happened with the Giants. you got Belt, you got Crawford, you got Longoria, and they're not able to stay on the field all the time. They've been out for long stretches of the season, and Belt may be done as, as a Giant, and Longoria may be done. So, so now I, I think the pressure is going to be that you know the, these guys are safe. They've, they've earned some level of trust. But they've got to totally reassess this roster in the offseason, top to bottom. There are a few bright spots for sure, but there just aren't enough there to compete against a franchise like the Dodgers, who have all that star power, but, uh, but beyond that have a deep farm system. And the Giants have made improvements in their farm system, but it's not good enough, not yet. And it's not enough to pay off immediately. So... Yeah, it'd be nice to attract star players here, especially hitters. It's been proven historically difficult to do that with San Francisco, even though they've made some modifications to the ballpark. I mean, is Aaron Judge coming to San Francisco? I wouldn't bet on it. No. Is Carlos, is Carlos Correa coming there? Well, maybe. That, that would probably be the move I would make because Brandon Crawford's coming into his last year. So, uh, you know, I... I this, this is a team that has to build a strong farm system, is able to attract pitchers, especially on these one-year deals where they're able to you know, uh, revive careers. They did it with Kevin Gosman. You know, they, they, they're, they're doing it with Carlos Rodon this year. So you know, that works to their advantage in the free agent market. Pitchers can say, yeah, I'll go there. And, and, you know, if it's a short-term deal, it's okay because look what these other guys did. And then they, they got their bag, you know. Gosman mm-hmm. got a nice little pile of money. Rodon's praying for a, uh, a real nice offseason. They've got Logan Webb here under control for a, a couple more years. They've got Kyle Harrison coming up. So I think they can rebuild that pitching staff, and I think they can rebuild that bullpen, which is in great need of rebuilding yeah. uh, you know, outside of Duvall. But there's a lot of work to do with this roster in the offseason. And so uh, I, I think what they've, what they've fallen back to this year is reality. Last year it was flukish. Let's let's be honest about it. It was a wonderful year. It was incredibly exciting down the stretch, and you got a great series with the Dodgers. But five of their last six seasons have been losing seasons, and and way under five hundred seasons in, in a few cases. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's more the reality than what we saw last year. And so, uh, if you're the front office, you have to make that honest assessment. Okay, well, who are the guys who can be a plus for us next year and the next couple of years? They said they wanted this to be a 10-year build. All right, well, you know, again, Farhan and, and Scott Harris have been there for a few years now. You can start seeing the results of, of their program. And, yeah, they had spectacular success last year, but that's it. So, yeah. so where's the 10-year build you're talking about? How does that happen? when you've got the Dodgers and the Padres in, in your division. 
Yeah, I mean, and you want to plug holes with free agents or, you know, through trades. You don't want that to be the base. You need to have players, like you said, the farm system. Uh, that's what made for those great Giants teams. And the one thing I learned this year, Ray, is that this Giants team in, in the farm system, they need to have better defensive players and better base runners. I mean, those are yeah. you, you're always going to look for hitters. But the defense and the base running was just awful this year. Well, that that's un-Giants-like. Their defense has usually been pretty good. Yeah, uh, and I thought they'd be able to catch the ball this year too. And yeah, it's been shocking, and some of that is due to lack of continuity. And when you have that, and when you've your your best fielders getting hurt, like Belt Longoria and Crawford, uh, you lose that, and then you have guys switching positions, uh, you know, lesser defensive players, but also guys out of position. And when you you, you start that, the, the the dominoes start falling, and and you know it, it puts a strain on the pitching staff too. So uh, that has to be an emphasis when you're playing in that ballpark. You've got to have good defense, and I'm, I'm sure that's going to be part of what the, they assess with this roster going into the offseason. It, it would be nice to have guys like Belt Crawford and Longoria there every day. You wouldn't have as much of a problem with that. But they can't be on the field now. Uh, at their age, they're just not going to, and you just can't count on it. So you've got to take a different tack, and uh, they, they have to try to be even more aggressive in the free agent market. They're going to have to spend more money. Uh, the front office, uh, the ownership group may not like that, but look at all the empty seats this year. Is that what you're you're looking at the future? Because this is a singularly uninteresting team right now. It's not just that they're not good; they're dull. Yeah. All right. uh, I mean, in last year there were some great personalities that that made for a fun year. So that you know, part of it has to do with the performance, but it's also you've you've just got a revolving door here. So you have nothing for the fans to connect to. Uh, outside of you know a couple of guys who have been here quite a while, like Belton Crawford, but that era is turning over now. So this is going to be a critical time for the Giants. Is the farm system going to going to pay off, or are we going to have to wait a couple more years for that? How do you backfill until that time? Um, you know, there, there, there's few exciting guys in the, the lower minors. You know, I love Luciano and Casey Schmidt, Von Brown, Kyle Harrison. There's, there's some guys coming, but it's going to be a couple of years for them. So in, in the meantime, what are you doing? Yeah, I mean, hopefully they figure it out. Well, Ray, hit them straight on the golf course. Hopefully you figure it all out, and I figure it out on the <laughs> golf course. Uh, <laughs> thanks a lot for coming on. Really appreciate it, and we'll talk soon. Better chance of the Giants figuring it out than me on the golf course. Although, uh, you talk about wildly inconsistent, that's me. Coming back from a hand injury, though, Bounced back and shot 42 in the back nine last week. Yeah, nobody cares about my golf game. But, uh, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's part of the deal when you're out here. you got to play some golf even when it's 100 degrees. So uh, that, that means teeing off at uh, zero dark 30 and, and getting off the golf course before it hits 100 degrees. So we're, we're efforting that. And we'll, we'll meet you out there uh, again, Joe. That's Ray Woodson. Join us again next week for another edition of the Sports Virus Podcast. For now, I'm Joe Castellano. Thanks for listening on the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.